home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. From a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate Breaking news, he supplies it And you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it He's talking about all the sports And he's also a hashtag dork And a father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy all right, welcome into the Rich Keith Show here on WEEI. We have a full hour for you tonight. You say, wait, what? There's no Red Sox game tonight. There's no Monday night football tonight. There's no Thursday night football. No, no, no. We have heard your requests, your demands. Everybody said, hey, we better get that BC football game on Friday night. Well, you're in luck. Boston College, Syracuse comes your way at 7 o'clock. Eagles Orange. Throw the records out when those two teams get at it. You're a savage. Literally throw the records out. No, you're excited about that. You're going to be here for that. Right? I am. I'm staying the whole game. BCQs? I don't know about you. BCQs. Maybe I'll we'll be bet here. it. Maybe we'll, before we get out of here, we'll do the bet du jour. Maybe we'll I, bet it. I won last night. Yes, Let's you did. Go. Yes, you did. You were the only one on Steelers. The Steel Curtain. You had that. That's so right. uh, got, got spooky towards the end there. But. It sure did. It sure did. Uh, you can call us, though, for this hour at 617-779-7937. There really was a ton going on. This week, we barely even actually, I don't even think we did talk about the actual Patriots game. There was so much other stuff going on. There was uh, the rumor that Bill Belichick might get traded to the commanders, their opponent this Sunday. Not today. He wasn't going to get traded today. But at the end of the season, maybe he gets dealt to uh, to Washington and they're sort of conflicting reports. You know, Mike Florio kind of threw it out there that uh, it's a rumor that he heard. And then there was a, a guy down in D.C. that was like, that's never been discussed, not even once. And then Tom Curran was like, no, that kind of makes sense. So, I don't know, two against one in that regard, plus I'll take Curran. So, it sounds like it's a possibility. I think it is a real possibility that he could get traded this offseason because that's one scenario that I don't think a lot of us had considered. The way the season began and the way the season was going for the Patriots, you're like, all right, this is a mess. So it's either one of two camps. Do you want Robert Kraft to just keep Bill Belichick and, you know, let him come back next year and try to right the ship once again? Or did you want him to fire him? Especially when you heard the news that he had this long-term extension uh, that he signed just last year. So those were the scenarios that it wasn't, well, what if he gets traded? What if he gets traded away? Because then maybe both feel a little bit better. Now it's not, you know, you're not fired on your resume and Robert Kraft doesn't have to actually fire Bill Belichick. And in a weird twist, you didn't get anything for Tom Brady when he walked away. And maybe Bill Belichick, who does not have as much left in the tank as Tom Brady did, uh, maybe you could get something for him. And maybe a team that fits the right criteria would trade for Belichick. And that right criteria, I think, 
has as much to do with, you know, the ownership group and maybe previous coaches than it does necessarily uh, a roster. You know, not a lot of teams wanted Tom Brady, as kind of dumb as that was. Not a lot of teams were in on Tom Brady going back to 2020, and he went to a great spot and, you know, wins right away and then was successful for a couple years after that. For Bill, I mean, you look around the landscape of the league, like, all right, where could he possibly go? Like, who, you know, every year there's what? Between five, six, seven, eight coaches gone. You know, the Raiders already fired their coach now. That was another big story of the week. Josh McDaniels, see you later, bud. You see the other report, too? There was, uh, that there was like the happiest the locker room had ever been in the history of the Las Vegas Raiders, like the day after he was fired. So I like them. I don't know if that's going to be my bet du jour pick, but I like the Raiders a lot this weekend. They're, I think they're playing uh, the Giants. And uh, McDaniel's gone. They're probably going to roll. Probably going to absolutely roll. But so that's one team that needs a coach. There's going to be a bunch of other teams that need a coach for sure. So what makes sense for Bill? A 71-year-old guy that may or may not want full team control or roster control. And if it's not full control, I would assume that it's a uh, a good amount. Uh, a good amount. Maybe a, a, a slight majority. So, like, where else could he go? What other teams would want him? I think... You know, Florio even mentioned the other day that Bill might be interested in going back to the Giants, right? Like, he loves the Giants. But, I don't know, Brian Dayball, just in his second year, first year made the playoffs with Daniel Jones. This year has not gone great. But are they going to can him and then bring in Belichick? So, I don't know if the Giants make sense. The AFC East, I don't think anybody would, would budge on him there. I mean, maybe the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are right now got Matt Eberflus, who I thought maybe the Bears are going to be good this year, and I was wrong. Listen, it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong, and I was wrong on the Bears. I thought Justin Fields was going to sort of take his momentum from the end of last year and bring it to this year, and he didn't. He's been quite bad and hurt now, as it turns out. But, yeah, I'm just trying to find the team. Now, it only takes one, so it doesn't really matter. Not like he needs 10 teams to want him. But if you're the Patriots and you're trying to grab a uh, like a higher pick, maybe you need a little bit of a bidding war. But it feels like it's going to be a tough ask for Bill Belichick, currently 2-6. and six. Like, what do you think the final record's going to be? Five wins? And then turn that into a bidding war? And they're like, oh, wait a minute. All right, so the four years that Brady's been gone, this is what the team has done, and they're actually worse off now than they were even that first year. Uh, without him, but it is the biggest name possible. So if you're the Chicago Bears and you've just been uh, a mess for a really long time, you've struggled to, to hire head coaches, maybe you bring him in. If you're the Washington Commanders, new ownership, like I think that's another really important part of it too. Snyder's gone, new ownership. They have uh, so much money, and if they want to make a big-time splash, like that organization, woof, they could use it. I mean, between the ownership and all the Daniel Snyder stories in there, just like the workplace environment. But not only that, the, the team, like from the outside, the team has been a disaster, just an absolute mess. And then the name change thing is not great. Like they were just they were literally known as football team for a couple years. I mean, people got used to it, but that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, football team. Like that's actually insane. And now it's commander. Nobody likes the commanders, and that's where you're at. So I could see them being like, hey, we got Bill Belichick. And then it's like, oh, that's a big deal. It's a new place. But all the places that might be interested in Bill, I don't know how Bill, Bill's going to have a hard time turning them around. Like, those teams aren't very good. Those teams don't have the quarterback. And even though Tom Brady, like, he's the one that took a 500 team and made him a Super Bowl winner, at least you had some of the pieces there. 
Like, is there a team that Bill could go to that already has a really good quarterback? Probably not, because normally teams that have really good quarterbacks are winning, and the coach is probably kind of kind of dug in there. So I don't know where he's going to go, and uh, it just it feels like this will be his last season. Because you know, really, there's there's three options if you want. There's retire, which nobody's really talking about. Probably feels unlikely, but he could retire. He could get fired. He could get traded. So those are three ways to leave. And then the fourth option, which right now feels like the worst option as a Patriots fan, is just trot it back again. Just trot it back one more time and, you know, hopefully replace Mac Jones. I don't know what else kind of tweaking they would do on the coaching staff. They got a lot of issues on this team. And that was the other thing that jumped out to me. They are they are favored over Washington this weekend. I think it was a three and a half point spread initially. Now it's down to two and a half. Like, how on earth are they the favorite? I know the commanders aren't very good, but I'll take Sam Howell over Mac Jones. I'll take Terry McLaurin over any wide receiver on the Patriots. And you know, Patriots' two best defensive players are still hurt. Like they they have uh, a whole bunch of issues. Trent Brown's on the injury report. A ton of guys are on the injury report. Uh, Devontae Parker's not going to play. Now, that's probably more uh, addition by subtraction. Uh, you're going to have, hopefully, the young guys. I know Kayshawn Booty was talking about, you know, when his name's called, he's going to go out there. We haven't seen him since week one, but Kayshawn Booty should play this week. I would expect a lot of Pop Douglas. And then you're like, hey, maybe Tyquan Thornton. Turns out he got a foot injury pop up today. So he, he had two clean days, Wednesday, Thursday, after being a healthy scratch this past week. And you're like, all right, you got to find a way to get him in there. You got to find him in there. And then he ends up being the uh, limited today with a foot injury. So who knows if we'll even see Tyquan Thornton. Uh, for the commanders, Curtis Samuel, who I've always liked the idea of Curtis Samuel, but this guy's hurt all the time. And uh, no difference this week. He is out. So the Patriots, I guess, kind of catch a break. But then again, I don't know how much he would even really play anyway. But yeah, Patriots minus two and a half. They are at home uh, for whatever that's worth. I mean, they're one and three on at home. They're one and three on the road and uh it's just it's been rough to the point where they're better off losing and that is such a weird way of watching a Patriots season like we did it a few times with the Celtics but the Patriots I mean the last time they were really bad like really really bad I mean that was 30 plus years ago and I don't remember being like oh if they can just get to the top of the draft I don't even remember like I don't remember that whole process it's like hey this team stinks and like whatever Whereas now, and like plenty of teams have done it in the time that Bill Belichick has uh, been in charge here, but not the Patriots. You're just not used to it. And even like the Cam Newton year, uh, even last year, to be honest, they were they were probably too good or like not bad enough. Too good is, not, is a little strong. You don't want to give them too much compliment, but like, they probably weren't bad enough. Whereas this year they are. They truly are bad enough. So some of these games in this, this upcoming stretch, uh, Washington, Indy, Definitely the Giants. Like, if they win too many of those games, you're going to be sitting here in the draft in April and be like, ugh, they need with the ninth pick. The ninth pick, you don't have nearly as many options. So we'll see. Weird spot to be in as uh, I think a lot of us are going to be rooting against the Patriots for these, uh, really, the rest of the season just to try to turn this thing around uh, sooner rather than later. All right, you can jump in on the Patriots or anything from the week. It's been a wild week. We had Craig Breslow get introduced as the chief baseball officer of the Red Sox yesterday. Celtics are on a roll. Bruins 
are on a roll. So whatever you guys want to get to, uh, then we have BC Football coming up at 7. 617-779-7937 is the number to jump aboard. It's the Rich Keefe Show. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, big win for the Bruins last night at the TV Garden. They beat the Maple Leafs in an overtime shootout 3-2. The Bees now 9-0-1. Jake DeBrusque had a pair of goals, including the game-winner shootout goal. He spoke on his breakout game shortly after the game. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it's been uh, you know obviously a lot of fun winning games, but personally, um, it's been very frustrating. Uh, I think that's one of those things that... Uh, you know, uh, you try not to get in your own head and different stuff like that. And I was saying earlier, kind of had this before in different years. And uh, I thought that, you know, um, you know, it's easy to ISO cam that side of the game. I think my PKing and different things have kind of come along. And like you said, I thought I was building. And um, that's what you got to do. You got to take small steps and really lean on the guys. You know, they had my back. And, uh, um, you know, the last couple of games have been really cheering for me. And uh, it was nice to come through and help, help the team win. The Bruins off tonight. They'll head to Detroit to take on the Red Wings tomorrow night at Little Caesars Arena. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Celtics also off tonight. They'll be in Brooklyn tomorrow night to take on the Nets. Tip-off at 8 p.m. Devontae Parker and Calvin Anderson have been ruled out for the Patriots in their game against the Commanders on Sunday. An additional 10 players listed as questionable. Those players include Farrell Brown, Trent Brown, Christian Barmore, Juwan Bentley, Jonathan Jones, Vidarian Lowe, Josh Uche, Dietrich Rise, Devon Godchow, and Tyquan Thornton. The Commanders will be without receiver Curtis Samuel. Thursday Night Football last night, the Steelers beat the Titans 20-16. Steelers linebacker Cole Holcomb suffered a serious knee injury four drives into the game. He was released from the hospital today after being kept overnight for observation. Steelers now 5-3 as the Titans fall to 3-5. Visit your local 99 restaurant today for their new fall menu with the seasonal flavors you love, like their homestyle chicken pot pie or the new short rib mac and cheese. Visit the Nines today. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, W-E-E-I. Big night in sports. Uh, a couple of reasons, Diz. You got that BC-Syracuse game coming up. Right Excited. Here. Also, the NBA in-season tournament tips off tonight. New floors. New floors. New floor. Who this? <laughs> New floor. Who this? New unis. Who this? They got another uniform. And maybe this is me being uh, the old guy all of a sudden. At Rich Keefe Show, I tweeted out the graphic that had all 30 of the City Edition uniforms for this season. I don't think I like any of them. Really? I think the Charlotte one's pretty good. They got like the Buzz City and they got good colors. of so Charlotte, I kind of like. Uh, the Kings one isn't bad. But yeah, it's rough. Yeah, pull it up when you get a chance. It's not I it's not ideal. But the NBA in season tournament makes no sense to me. I saw Bones Highland was quoted as also saying the same thing. He's like, I don't even know. I'll be honest with you. He's like, I don't know what this is even about. So this month, every game that is on Friday and Tuesday is group play for an in season tournament. It still counts for the regular season. But then they're eventually going to crown an in-season tournament, and there's going to be like a little Vegas thing. Each player gets like half a million dollars, and they are given the NBA Cup. It's bizarre. So I, you know, it's like a soccer thing, and apparently the WNBA does it as well. 
I was very, I had no idea. So I went to wikipedia.org and I pulled it up. And uh, the tournament format will have, as it says here, similar to European soccer tournaments and the WNBA's Commissioner's Cup. Uh, let's see, six intra-conference groups of five, Tuesdays and Fridays in November, and then they will advance there to a single elimination tournament. Finally, the semifinals and finals will be played in Las Vegas with money going to the winning teams, and it looks like the runner-ups as well. I don't get it. I can't imagine the players care all that much about it, although $500,000 I bet they care about, but winning the cup, very strange. I don't think fans are going to care about it, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. All right, a lot going on this week for sure between Craig Breslow, between Josh McDaniels, a good Bill Belichick rumor, and they got a game coming up on Sunday. So whatever you guys want to get to, it's 617-779-7937. Let's go to Joe in Somerset. He will lead things off. What's going on, Joe? What's up, Rich, man? I just want to say real quick, I miss hearing you during the day. That's when I usually get to hear you, but Same. you got to take what you can get, right? That is true. So listen, I think low-key, one of the things that's most overlooked about why Belichick needs to move on or we need to move on from him is this absolutely zero trade creativity coming from him. And it's arguably even worse than his draft history. Like, I don't understand why players like, say, I don't know, Barmore in a third can't be pushed for maybe almost a first or a high second-round pick, stuff like that. Like, there's no creativity. We need an influx of young, real talent high picks in the draft and there's like for instance Duggar or who's the other fellow there, uh Peppers. Uche you, you can't yeah. move you yeah, this sounds really video game esque, but like move players and pick combinations to move up really high in the draft. Like if I really, really need to see an actual GM in here. I'm so tired of watching Belichick just flop. I hear you, Joe. I I was I think we're, we're going to really look back at them not trading Mike Onwenu, Kyle Duggar, and Josh Uche when they all sign somewhere else. And not that you're getting a first or a second round pick for those guys, but let's say maybe you do get a third or maybe you get a few fourths and then you can always use those to trade up. And like to the caller's point, maybe once you get to the draft, that's where you start doing some of those pick swaps or you just you have enough draft picks that are great to throw in in, in trades and help you move up the board. Or grab a player. Because that's the other thing is, you know, draft, it, it costs so much to move up in the draft. But then there are often times where a player ends up not costing as much. You get like Randy Moss for like a fourth round pick or something like that. It's like, well, guess what? You might have more of those picks. You have more opportunity to do it in the offseason. And uh, they didn't they didn't do a single thing at the trade deadline. That was definitely disappointing. Brad's in Saugus. He's up next. What's going on, Brad? I'm just curious what your opinion is about, uh, you know, um, getting rid of um, Heim Bloom and then uh, kicking on Craig Breslow. What is his big philosophical difference, and how do you see that affecting and shaping the 24 Sox? Yeah, good question, because I my big takeaway from yesterday was they sound the exact same. Like, they sound the same. Now, this is day one for him on the job, so he hasn't had even an opportunity for us to critique any of his moves yet, right? Like he hasn't brought in anybody. He hasn't traded anybody away yet. So that's when we're really going to have the opportunity to say, Hey, this guy's doing a lot of high bloom like moves or he's doing stuff very different. And so he comes in here, you know, he went to Yale just like high bloom. He used a lot of really fancy words that I didn't really understand, but he also worked under Theo Epstein. So if you want to give him some positives, like he worked under Theo with the Cubs. He was a former player, which 
Obviously, Heim Bloom wasn't. So there is that. He was a teammate with Alex Cora. So how is he going to get along with Cora? I know Cora and Bloom would always say that they got along, but like, please, there's like, there's no chance. That's also why, like, that Kyle Bearclaw game where he just left him out there to to die. That was that was really more of a message to Heim Bloom than anything else. But what he's gone, right? We don't need to dwell on Bloom. But I I think it's a fair question, like, how much different is Breslow going to be than Heim Bloom? I think Breslow is immediately in a better spot and I'm not trying to make excuses for Bloom because I was just as happy as everybody else to see him see him go but think about this when Heim Bloom first came here he essentially was told trade Mookie Betts so here's the best player on the team one of the best players in baseball one of the best players of the last however many years like ah but we tried to resign him it's not going to work so you need to show up here and just get the best that you can and get rid of him that's brutal meanwhile after three years where they didn't really spend a, a, a ton, I'm pretty sure Breslow is going to be allowed to make a big splash. So it's like polar opposites. Hey, trade Mookie Betts away versus go ahead, go get a guy. You know, go trade for Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis or be in on Yamamoto, maybe even be in Shohei Otani. Like if he gets one of those guys, it already is going to feel different. But like how much credit do you give Breslow for that, or is it just this was the year that John Henry was like, all right, enough of, enough is enough. I'm sick of hearing all this stuff. Just go get a guy. Like at least put him in a situation to succeed. That's obviously what I'm hoping for. I think it's what every Red Sox fan is hoping for. Let Breslow spend some money. Also, he's inheriting all these prospects. So Heim Bloom, that was also one of his tasks, it feels like, was to change the farm system and and you know get a whole bunch of guys, a good, young, like a pipeline of players. And whether if you want to believe like the baseball Americas of the world, like they did, they moved up. So they have guys, especially lower level guys that other teams would be interested in. But none of these guys were acquired by Craig Breslow. He does not have any real attachment to any of these guys. So that I am fascinated by that. Like I don't think Heim Bloom wanted to trade any of them. I think he wanted it's like, who are my top 50 prospects? Great. Hanging on to all 50 of them. Whereas Breslow could come in here. He talked about trades, even though he was never the guy pulling the trigger in Chicago. He just happened to be there grabbing coffee, maybe a tea, whatever people need. But if he starts to trade like top 10 prospects, that's another thing that's going to be night and day different than, than Heim Bloom. So as for yesterday, like I just thought they sounded the exact same. But we will see in the coming months, and we'll know, I think, before the season starts, just how similar or just how different the, the two of them really are. And I think you're glossing over one of his biggest uh, qualifications. Yeah, what Rich? would that be? To feel the cool fall breeze hit the Red Sox jersey. I mean, come That's on. That's true. How many of us can say that? Not many. Just saying. Never felt the cool fall breeze hit the jersey. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was pretty impressive yesterday, some of the things that he had to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was weird. I mean, it's not the, uh, best setting for a lot of people. Like not a lot of people are super comfortable as much as I was kind of clowning on him yesterday. Like the, the job isn't, there's so much more to the job than like uh, the handful of press conferences that, that he's going to have throughout his career. And Hart said he sounded better when he was on with Gresham Fourier yesterday as well. Yeah. Hart also was trying to sell. Yeah. Hart was, Hart, trying, Hart to Hart was yeah. trying to sell the guy. Over. Like, that That's fine. But where we'll really be able to, to pick him apart is, are they going to be like the last three years? It felt like the Red Sox were quote unquote interested in all these guys and they never got them. Like, ooh, like 
five teams interested in a player. He signs for big money, but like, hey, the Sox are on that list, and you're like, okay, great. But they didn't they didn't get any of those guys except for Trevor Story, who you probably don't want. So hopefully Breslow's a lot different. Uh, Paul, well, Polly's in Salem. What's up, Polly? Hey, what's happening, boys? Hey, not much. All right, listen. Uh, you don't want to move Michael on one. You no way. He's a, he's a core piece. You know, he's he's the uh, he's flexible too. He can play both right guard and right tackle. He's a core piece. You don't want to move him. Are they going to the resign two, him? You think? Uh, it. Huh? Do you think they're going to resign him? They have to. Yeah, the, the huh. offensive lines are you know, nearly in shambles as it is now. They put pieces it together. Well, not since they kicked him over the right tackle. You know, were they able to really come up with something there? I was saying to sign him, extend him as a guard in camp. Because I could tell it wasn't going to work out with Anderson or Reef or I mean McDermott got hurt. It's moved now. Extend him a card money, kick him out the right tackle, and and find out who can play uh, the the right guard position. Stop plugging in guys. Right. And they finally did it. Well, eight eight uh, week into the season. Sure. But um, um, in terms of Duggar um, and uh, Uche, they're more like one trick ponies. You you could move those guys and not miss them too much. Uh, especially Uche, he's a, you know he's a, he's a front seven guy. He's, he's kind of small. He can rush the passer, but that's his big thing. Um, and, and Duggar, he can't cover very well. He's definitely not a, a free safety. So you can only make him play him as a strong safety. He's a big hitter, but not a great cover guy. Probably cover a limited. Like, there's some bigger guys, let's say, you know, the, the tight ends, uh, you know, maybe a, a running back coming sure. out of the backfield. But he couldn't put him up and uh, line him up, single, single him up against the receiver. They'll run, they'll run circles around him. Right. But uh, the reason why I called was, Belichick's got to go. It's time. He's a nothing but a glorified de- defensive coordinator. He's been exposed. There's time in Cleveland. There's time at the Tom Brady. I mean, he's been exposed to be a, a – he's not the, the greatest of all time in terms of coaches. That is a laughable. Well, I would have to disagree with you. I mean, he did win six Super Bowls. He went to so many Super Bowls, you can't even keep track. So, I'm fine. If you want to say post-Tom Brady, it has been uh, a mess, you're right, because it has been a mess. I think a lot of that has to do with his player personnel because I'm not going to, and we could do this every single day, I guess, like Brady greater than Belichick. I agree with everybody that says that because that is clearly the case. But to give Belichick like zero credit for Brady being good, like that's also insane. Like he was the head coach for Tom Brady, who was a six-round pick. Nobody wanted him. Bill went with him over Drew Bledsoe, even when Bledsoe got healthy. How many coaches would have done that? So Bill gets credit for the 20 years. I'm sorry. I know it's ugly now, and I'm right there with you. I want him gone. I want him gone. Both, But both can be true. He can be the greatest coach of all time, and he can also be done. And, you know, you don't want him for the rebuild. But I'm not going to just, like, trash the guy and be like, oh, you know what? Turns out he was never good. So for those 20 years where the team won, like, 13 games every year and was in the AFC title game uh, minimum, He's, he's he can't possibly be a bum and go to that many Super Bowls and win that many Super Bowls. So I I know it's a lot easier when everything is uh, either the greatest or the worst of all time. But uh, I'm not gonna just dump on Bill's coaching resume for his career. It's also not like I could see if a guy was terrible that had like wins one Super Bowl and then is terrible after that. You could be like ah that one Super Bowl might be the outlier. Like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Is he a great coach? Sean Payton won a Super Bowl. Is he a great coach, or is that maybe sort of the outlier? Bill won six, so I don't know why we're, like, poking holes in it. It's like, yeah, but that one, like, he wasn't very good. Like, no, he was he was a great coach. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, let's go to Paul in Rhode Island. He joins us next. What's up, Paul? 
Hey, my man, how are you? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you? Yep, go ahead. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Patriots this weekend. I think really the commanders will tank, and I think they want uh, uh, Eric the Enemy as a coach next year. Yeah. I think he's going to take control of that team. Uh, I'm not the great. I don't like to degrade uh, Rivera, but you know, like Belichick, he's probably probably the guy's going to go upstairs. But I'm going to go this way, this room. All right. The reason why he's going to go upstairs is because he left a a horrible team, the Bears, then he took over Washington, and he hasn't done much. Why? Look at the division you're in. Dallas. Philly. I mean, how much can you ask from a coach when you're in a competitive division? Okay. Now, I'm that's kind, say, of, the, I'm that's kind of the, the job, Paul. Aren't you? You're supposed to turn your teams around. Like, they don't bring you in there and they're like, hey, you got an uphill climb. Like, no, you're supposed to be in there and you're supposed to compete. And if you can't, Correct. then you got to go. Correct. Right. But, you know, NFL has changed. These older sure coaches has. Sure has. are falling behind times a little bit. Yep. And these younger, eager coaches are taking over the old system. No these younger players don't want to deal with the Woody Hayes type of coaching. Right. Okay. And it's sad. It's sad because Belichick is a very, very honest guy, okay? He'll tell you straight up what you're going to be and what you're going to do or what you're going to do and what you're going to be. And here's the deal. The best thing about uh, Robert Kraft is that he trusts him to make the next player in line that don't come from big schools, and that hasn't happened. It's sad. It's sad. And I thank you for my call. I thank you for the call. Paul, you get any of that, Stiz? You want to sum that up for everybody? Yeah. Some people may have joined late. If you Play want. the sad violin for Bill Belichick. Nah, nah, I'm not on that boat. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No. And but, I don't know if Kraft trusts Bill like that. I don't think he trusted him this offseason when he made sure to rehire Bill O'Brien and make sure that Gerard Mayo didn't leave. That seems like a uh, Robert thing in that if he didn't do that, who knows if either one would, would be here. Right, let's go to uh, Adam in Providence. What's up, Adam? What's going on, Rich? How you doing? Um, one thing I don't – I mean, these are all what-ifs here, but they, they make my point. One thing I never hear anybody say is it's really easy for us to say that Tom was the reason for success because now we've got to see Tom gone and Bill still here. Now, what if we switch those roles – and Tom stayed, and Robert Kraft got rid of Bill, I think we'd be seeing uh, along the lines of the same kind of thing over here. I don't think either of them, post their success for 20 years, would be faring that well without the other. Um, I think Bill has a problem connecting with this generation a bit. I don't think that's Bill's fault. I think it's just the generation that he's coaching that it's just – they all bought in for 20 years, and Tom being there, it was easy for them to come here and toe the line and, and quote-unquote, the Patriot way because the combination of Bill and Tom selling that to the team right. apparently worked. But nowadays it seems that, that you know, I just, I just would have liked to know what could have happened if we got to see Tom for a few years without Bill. Look, at he went to Tampa. Right, we did. Yeah, yeah, he, but I know what you mean. Like you, he, you see him here, and thanks for the call. Yeah, I – it obviously it was the it was the combination too, which led to so much success, and even just sort of like how other players kind of fit in. It's a it's a great point by by Adam, but 
I also think it's more widely uh, widely accepted to see, like, if Brady struggled his last couple of years, wouldn't we all write it off to like, well, he's forty one, like nobody's nobody's that old and plays quarterback in the NFL. Where it's worse because of the amount of responsibility that Bill has, and you can blame him for bad draft picks, you can blame him for bad trades, and then you can also blame him. I blame him for sort of pushing Tom Brady out the door. And then it's like, all right, well, careful what you wish for. Brady's gone. You could start over. And then you're going to have four seasons where, you know, you make the playoffs once. You don't win any playoff games. You're going to have a losing record over that time. Yeah, that's going to come back and, and, and bite you. All right, let's go to, uh, before we go to our uh, bet du jour, for the whole weekend, by the way, Stiz, so you can pick up a Friday game, Saturday game, Sunday game, whatever you want. Let's go to Bob in Londonderry. What's going on, Bob? Hey, I was just going to uh, talk a little bit about what the other fellow was saying. Um, okay. It's not just football. All of all of the sports with the new athletes, especially the last three to four years, it's changed. There is no more discipline. You're not allowed to pull, you know, Bruce Cassidy. He was too mean. And look what he did. He left in less than an hour. Yeah, he won a, t- he won a cup. What are you talking about? Bruce Cassidy won a cup. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What are you but talking he about? Mean. He's yeah, still he's- coaching young players. I understand, See? but when he had left there, yeah. a lot of the people were saying that okay. the younger players didn't. He was just he was too mean to them. So what do you have a bunch of old guys out in Vegas? No, no, no. I'm not saying it, but just like with football, these guys that play football today, they're not. I'm not even sure any coaches are allowed to overly criticize them. They just that's not the way it works All anymore. Right. Well, then adapt with the times. It's as simple as that. Adapt with the times. And Bruce Cassidy won a cup, so. Yeah, maybe like Jake DeBrusque had his feelings hurt, and then you got to make a decision, and you got to kind of kind of move on. But Bruce Cassidy, I don't think changed the way that he coached. And the narrative that all of these kids today are just undisciplined. Oh, it's so stop. It's such a bad take. Yeah, no, that's a whole it's a whole other thing. Like, it, it drives me nuts, right? When the one generation sucks, it's and like, it's every, every generation. Every does generation it, says that, but then know? my other my other take on that too is like, all right, so the the generation this new generation sucks. Like, all right, who raised that generation? Ah, look in the, the mirror. Buck. Look in the mirror. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll get to our bet du jour. See if we have time to squeeze in a few more phone calls as we have an abbreviated edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEI with BC Football coming up at 7. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch or on YouTube. Find WEI at Twitch TV or YouTube.com. And join in the conversation in the chat. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. This hour of the Rich Keefe Show brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Learn how Awaken 180 has a 98% customer satisfaction rating. Proven results when you choose the solution for weight loss. One of those guys, uh, Andy Hart, was on Awaken 180. He's a, did a great job on it. And by the way, his uh, his son's been killing it this year for uh, Dartmouth High. And uh, all the uh, high school playoffs start tonight. So good luck to everybody out there, especially Dartmouth. Uh, as they uh, begin whatever division you happen to be in. There's like 12 divisions in Massachusetts, which I never really understood. Seems like maybe too many, but not that's not my responsibility. But good luck to everybody. Uh, did you play, play high school ball? I played high school ball, yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to St. Paul's up in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Prep school. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bet du jour time. And on Friday, you can pick anything you want. 
I'm going to go with, I was surprised when I saw that this was the spread. Sunday night football is a great one. Bengals and Bills. I feel like the Bills are playing poorly. The Bengals are playing great. And Cincinnati is two-point favorites at home. So I'll take the Bengals laying the two. That is my bet to shore bet, Stiz. All right. You may think I'm crazy. Nope. I'm going to go uh, th- with the Patriots. Oh, really? Now, uh, I'm not taking the Patriots, but oh. uh, Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick <laughs> Bourne out, right? That's right. So That's this, right. Is what I, this is what I think. I'm going to take a Kayshawn Booty anytime touchdown plus 475. I love it. All right. Bourne's out. Yep. Bill said this week yes, he it did. was uh, Kayshawn Booty's best week in practice. Yes, he did. So... I'm thinking, you know, the stars may align. How about this? I think this has probably been his best week, yeah. So. What makes it his best week, Bill? I think it's his best week of practice. Consistency that you're looking for, or more to it than that? Yeah, well, performance, yeah. Consistency, assignments, production. Yeah. I mean, it's practice is practice, but it's still it's, there are opportunities out there for everybody. And either take advantage of them or don't take advantage of them. All right, excellent. So uh, he did give him a big compliment, though, in a way. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. <laughs> He's got to be out there. I like that one. I, that's a really good one. Plus four seventy five, because. He's, I mean, he's going to play. Like, they, they, they talked about, and he also, I don't know if Bill cared about this, but earlier in the week, Booty was at his locker a few times, and they were talking to him, and he was like, yeah, it was a lesson learned. You know, he played week one, hasn't played since week one, but he's like, you know, when your number's called, you got to be prepared, or whatever he said, which was sort of like in line with him playing. And I think that after that, you know, not getting his feet in. I think he is dying for an yes. opportunity to change the narrative. I think it's insane that it's taken this long for him to go back out yeah. there. Like, sure, he should have gotten his feet in bounds, but he also got open and was able to get a couple of passes. Which how many guys on their team can do that? And if Tyquan Thornton has another new injury pop up, it should be Pop Douglas, Kayshawn Booty, and who else? Parker's out. Uh, Thornton's probably going to be out. Juju Smith-Schuster sort of already got relegated to the fourth quarter. He, he did score a touchdown last week, but are they going to go with Smith-Schuster? So Booty's a good one. And I can see Mac Jones even also trying to make a point, being like, I wish I had this guy this whole time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to feed him and uh, plus 475. Good juice on that. All right, let's grab a call before we get out of here. We got Jordan in Vermont. What's up, Jordan? Hey, man. Real quick, uh Belichick. Yeah, we gotta. They yeah, can't do that. But uh, you know what? Perfect timing. We gotta go anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. You know, call in uh, on on Monday. That'll do it for us. Normally we're on until nine on Friday. Then you have the Boomer Show. But Boston College football, BC versus Syracuse. Uh, they're on tonight. So that is what you will have coming up. Uh, Stiz, a pleasure as always, sir. Always. We'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy the BC game. Good luck to everybody playing high school football playoffs, and we will talk to you Monday at 6.